Right, well, tell me when to go, and we'll go. When to go? Hey, now. <laughs> nice. I'm all good. I'm yeah, ready. let's do it. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> like they do on the Discovery Channel. But <laughs> And with that, hey everybody, welcome to episode <laughs> 285 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. <laughs> we're your host, Lil Wolfie and the Excalibros, <laughs> and we're here <laughs> to Brilliant. take you through all the most recent X-books. So of course, I'm Little Wolfie with a little tiny snicked. And I have my Excalibros here with me, Excalibroing out. How are you guys? I'm good. I brought pie if you want some. <laughs> you know what? I finally get your tweet <laughs> from like <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> I thought you were just sincerely asking me about pie. <laughs> and I was like, well, duh, of course I love pie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so uh, we will start off talking about Exiles 2 and 3 because we have our Exiles experts on the show. Um, and because I know Andrew has been waiting patiently to hear us talk about Lil Wolvie, and I will remind Andrew, and, and of course you guys can talk about this some more in a second, but to, to obviously check out the Excalibros podcast where... They will talk much more in-depth, I'm sure, about Little Wolvie. Um, they had a lot of great things to say about Issue 2, and uh, Issue 3 should have just dropped, so you'll get some information there as well. But um, I guess I will, uh, I'll start off with my hot take on the books. Um, hot take? Hot take. So they're both the same. So they're both written by Saladin Ahmed, pencils by Javier Rodriguez, Inks by Alvaro Lopez, colors by Chris O'Halloran, mm-hmm. and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and both covers are by David Marquez and Matthew Wilson. Now, I did not get any of the variant covers, but I know... Is it number three that has the awesome Namor variant? I think there is, but I... I yeah. 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 So, so check that one out. But I got the Marquez regular covers, and both of these are awesome. Um, yes. I particularly love number two. Um, is basically Valkyrie running away from, or flying away on her Pegasus from Sutor with a screaming and kicking little wolfie in her arms. Like, I don't want to go! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as hashtag toddler life parent um i know exactly what this cover feels like <laughs> and um <laughs> sometimes i feel like you know there is a fiery demon chasing me and i'm just trying to get the toddler safe and sound um but yeah no i love 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 this cover i know you guys raved about it on uh Escalibros as well um so basically, as you know, as far as what happens, um, go listen to Excalibros, and they'll tell you all about it. Um, I will say, I love the art. Um, I love Lil Wolvie. I think he is amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, and not to, I'm kind of a little bit of a disadvantage from because I already listened to you guys' episodes, so I'm going to try not to rip you guys off. Um, you kind of made a comparison because I wasn't sure. 
when they first showed this character, well, is this going to be like X-Baby? Or is this going to be like Scotty Young? And y'all talked about that a little bit. Um, how it compares more to Scotty Young, but with a little more uh, Japanese influence, I think. Because Scotty Young always reminds me of kind of like American comic strips on crack. Definitely, you know, like Cal- yeah. Like a Calvin and Hobbes or... You know, something like that, just but on mushrooms. And this definitely has a more, I don't know, Cartoon Networky vibe. Um, almost <laughs> not to not to be too uh, current affairs, but you know, kind of yes. a little bit of the uh, the new Thundercats vibe. Just kind of that, um, you know, squished down cartoon, but. But Little Wolfie is awesome, and when he sniffs in the air and just all the kind of cartoony panels and the fact that he's so sweet, um, and Magneto with pies, I mean, there's there's nothing to not like about this issue. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, the plot had to go through different uh, lands, and they grow their team, some, I guess alt-right watchers show up and try to <laughs> the unseen um, and they break the talus and shoot our heroes into nowhere or everywhere all at once um, yeah what, what else do you guys want to want to say about this one number two that it was good and <laughs> you should, should listen to us on another podcast because I've totally forgotten what I said about it <laughs> <laughs> Don't contradict yourself. <laughs> I, think, I liked it. Yeah. I think what we can say about all the issues is because this artwork is very intricate in deceptive ways and the, the, the panel layouts are, are quite amazing, it behooves you to go through and at least visually look at these things a second time and, and yeah. catch everything that's going on. It behooves You've been reading too much Excalibur's, Excalibur, sorry. It behooves you. You've been in. You've been reading too much Claremont, pretending to be English. It's true. It's true, indeed. Yeah, like, you know, cause the first time you may not catch the Elvis Canary, but the second time or the third time you should, um, as he's flying above the gate of Xavier's Playtime Fun School for gifted youngsters, which is about the coolest. Now, I mean, I want to send all into that school for sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, even when he jumps on the page, you know, he's got the the tears coming out in the squinty eyes and he sniffs the air for pie. He zooms off in a cloud of smoke. His, his poor little heart beats just because he loves everything so much. And we'll talk more next issue about his kind of crush on Valkyrie. Yes. Um, but that's a lot of fun. Of course, obviously, her addition to the team is also great. Um yeah, the the first issue I was, you know, in, enjoyed it, but kind of felt like there was a maybe a lot that more that could have happened. But it kind of starts happening in this issue, and I like this one a lot more. Um, you can go listen to a Scalbros episode three, right? Yeah. For this one. Yep. Um, to get their Georgie and Dan's ratings, but I'm going to give Exiles number two five out of six claws. Oh, um, great. And love Wolvie to death. Or, sorry, Lil Wolvie and uh, his new hip-hop album. Uh, <laughs> just lo- love that to death. Um, so number three is also exciting because on the cover, 
we have Sharon Carter. I'm sorry, Peggy Carter, uh, Captain America on the cover uh, with a really great design. Um, I'm assuming Rodriguez did the actual costume design work, but Marquez just owns um, it as well. It was someone else. Um, it's in the really? back of the issue. Oh, um, it was right. designed for a video game. Oh, um, yeah. By Amanda Clark. Yeah, you're really echoing our sentiments on the costume because we both raved about this, how, how wonderful this costume looks, yeah. Yeah. You know, it really, because what it does is it, right, it takes comic elements and Captain America movie elements and kind mm-hmm. of merges them together. And it makes sense now, seeing that it came from a video game, because I think that helps with, like, the pants and the way the shield, like, I don't know, and the pose even. And then, of course, you have Blink with uh, some pink claws and little wolfies scowling, uh, hunching over. It's a, it's an amazing cover. I mean, Captain Obvious with David Marquez covers, right? I mean, they're pretty much all yep. great. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I love, so one of the things, you know, as a podcast that goes a little snicked, one of the things <laughs> I love most about this issue is all the little things that little Wolvie's doing, right? And you really have to pay attention to him because he's not necessarily at the forefront of any of the panels, but he's all in this book just doing stuff. Like, he gets stuck in the mosquito water. He's like, icky! And then he's trying to hug Iron Lad. And then while the adults are talking, he's out, like, looking at the weeds and the flowers. Um, You know, he trots through the swamp when the dinosaurs show up. Um, Did you listen to us record? Because you're basically saying no. everything we said. Even the dinosaurs. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to... It took me a minute to remember what cartoon I was thinking of, but this is obviously an homage to 80s just crap kid cartoon concepts. Um, but it's but it's lovely. And... You know, they, they fight the dinosaurs in the tar pit. Valkyrie is awesome. Um, little Wolvie's like, he gets scared. He's crying. He's like, and he doesn't ask, are we going to die? He says, are we about to go bye-bye? Which I, I love. And uh, as the time meter shows up, and they go to the age of Aquarius, which is freaking amazing. Now, I'll be interested to hear what you guys say about this classic Nick Fury pop-in. Because it kind of adds some mission to the levity of this issue, right? Where he kind of pops in and is like, oh, I know you guys will be here now. Well, see you later. And, <laughs> like, you know, it's easy to forget as you're going through these issues, all this fun stuff that the time here is, is chomping their realities for breakfast. But that's definitely still in the background. Um, you know, again, when a wolfie grabs some flowers and, and nothing to do with the actual plot or panel where he runs them over and hands them to Valkyrie and you really gotta like pay attention and, and watch what he's doing but he's doing all kinds of fun stuff um, yeah you'll see later on she she gives him a ride on her shoulders and she's got the flowers in her hair it's, oh uh, nice it's really sweet yeah, yeah. it is and a uh, classic original morph shows up so I'm assuming you guys are gonna be happy about that um he, he transforms into an emoji. Um, I will say the only thing I thought was kind of weird is two issues in a row. or Actually, I think it's three issues in a row 
where Khan gives Big Ear to listen. Um, but I do like that Valkyrie has a crush on Becky Barnes as our Captain America shows up. Uh, Little Wolfie wants to know what die means, and then he needs to tinkle, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Um, you know, they fight a version of the Red Skull. Again, in the panel, you see Little Wolfie, like, running around in a panic while they're all fighting. Like, it's just so fun to... I really had almost like a game of just tracking him through the issue. Like, there's a part where he's doing a cartwheel <laughs> while they're all trying to have a serious conversation. Um... But then Gabriel blows his horn. Um, I like... <laughs> so while Valkyrie and Becky Barnes are dancing, uh, Little Wolvie is like, Oh, I love pie. Can I have some? They offer some pie, but then he smells something bad. And I love when he smells something bad, he gets like a little double-snicked. Um, almost oh, yeah. like that's... <laughs> sense of danger is just something gross. But turns out... This big nuclear bomb blows up in a series of great panels. And that's two issues in a row where we're left with the presumed death of everybody. So, um, this book is so much fun. This art is so great. I love Little Wolfie. I love Valkyrie. They're probably my two favorites for sure right now. But but Khan's really interesting. And Iron Lad's okay. And and (laughs) I'm trying to get to learn blink a little bit so that's fun um i'm gonna give exiles number three five out of six claws again so anything else you guys want to add besides uh just plug in the show no i think you just hit you kind of hit the same notes as we do so it's always a good thing it means the book's doing its its uh job right yeah. on yeah it's it's great stuff cool well We'll do uh, some more official plugs at the end as usual, but I think this will be a great time to stop and just say, you know, get some more. I went through those pretty quickly because um, I didn't want to bore <laughs> Dan and Georgie too much, but their show, Excalibur Rose, is great. And if you want to go hear some more detailed uh, expository go-through on those issues, I would very highly recommend that you go check out Excalibur Rose and listen to them walk through the issues at a, at a much more uh, conducive pace to like figuring out like the actual plot threads and all the interesting things that go on and um, and as a bonus you also get Old Excalibur and Old Exiles which I've been loving hearing as well so um, so yeah that's the, the interim plug for Excalibros go check that out uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Excalibros and um, just, a, just a great great time I'm so just want to jump in and say I'm so happy that uh, you're you're enjoying the issues uh, more. I, I know it, uh, issue one of the new ex, uh, Exiles was a you know a, a mouthful uh, in certain <laughs> places, right? But, yeah, and I know that you were sort of on the fence, but I'm I'm glad that you've uh, you've jumped on board. I'm just just happy. Yeah, I mean, Javier Rodriguez never hurts any cause, but it's just it's so visually interesting, and there's even though I guess like the main through plot is just kind of creeping along, but the worlds are so fun and the interaction of the characters are just so interesting that, and yeah, it's really, really picked up my enjoyment of it and kind of, you know, and, and you understand, right? Sometimes you need that first issue of big exposition, especially in a book like this, but I'm, I'm really interested to see what you guys say and you don't have to spoil it here, 
but a lot of parallels. You know, for me, reading the old Exiles new as well with your guys' show, and then reading the new Exiles kind of at the same pace for right now. Um, a, lo- a lot of really interesting parallels. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something we mentioned maybe on our second second uh, recording, but it, we're also really happy that they're sort of jumping along at the same pace and you get to see how the teams are formed. And there's a lot of like uh, interconnectivity between all three books. Um, yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, it feels like a really... It feels like a brand new, fresh book with a really nice homage all at the same time. So, that's that's lovely. And And for the record... Because I know we've had some not great things to say about some of the X-Books and their relationship with nostalgia. To me, the way Exiles is doing this is the right way to handle nostalgia. It's the right way to homage the past but still move forward. And I think that's that's a really cool thing. So so big ups to Exiles. Um, I'm, I'm really digging it. So... With that, there are wedding bells in the air. Um, Speaking of bad ways to homage the past. (laughs) Yes, we have X-Men The Wedding Special, number one, with three tales of mutant matrimony in the making. They put a ring on it, uh, as Dan's going to sing for us. (laughs) I am not singing. Yeah, bummer. So, uh, yeah, so we have three stories. Um, the Dream Before, written by Chris Claremont, with art by Todd Nauck, maybe. Um, you know, I really need to tweet him and ask him how to say his name, because I love his art. Um, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Then we have The Boys' Night Out, Bachelor Party, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Greg Land, inked by Jay... Shh, listen. Colors by Jason Keith. And then Something Old, written by Kelly Thompson, Art by Marika Cresta and colors by Federico Bri. And then the letters on all of these by VCs Colonel Clayton Cows. That's new. <laughs> Usually just Clayton Cows. Maybe he got he's, promoted. Maybe he's like a colonel in like the Southern tradition where they just call like like older people colonel. <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, then we have a cover by J. Scott Campbell with Sabina Rich. Um I thought that Colossus and Kitty were getting married, but it's very apparent to me now that Colossus is marrying Taylor Swift. <laughs> judging by the cover? Yeah, judging by the cover, that's that's definitely Tay-Tay phasing through Colossus's luscious thigh. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think of the cover? Don't, no. <laughs> It's just there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Can we not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah All, right, All right. All right. Like, cool. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I like the little imitation style X with the squiggles next to it. That very right. top. That's it. Yeah. Yep. The head, the headdress, the dress, yeah. the dressing on the book, I guess, as a, as a little, uh, little invite looking thing which by the way my comic shop last week was handing out um printed invites i guess that dc shipped out with all their books for the uh upcoming bat cat wedding so everyone's getting married and no one cares right i Uh. thought we didn't want our characters married (laughs) 
Oh, DC, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just anybody. I thought it was bad for comics to have <laughs> people marry. But um, anyway, <laughs> whatever. All right, well, Georgie, why don't you start us off with the uh, Claremont story? All right, so uh, this is the first of three stories, The Dream Before, uh, where Claremont gets to just go over his history with Kitty and <laughs> yeah. s- stops when when he stopped writing Kitty, basically. <laughs> so, um, we're just going through the past. We see snapshots of her growing up. Uh, we see snapshots of when Professor X came to visit, how she started to hit it off with Storm, and I wish they still had a relationship. Uh, we see uh, images of when uh, she had to rescue the X-Men uh, from the Hellfire Club. Um, we get to see her sort of getting close with Colossus. She's growing up. She starts like training to be a ninja. She finds a dragon. She changes costumes, joins Excalibur, and then she comes back to the X-Men. And throughout these pages, we just get lots of, of Claremont words. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 like he's still stuck in 1988 here with all of this words. <laughs> um, and then finally, we, we cut to the end of the story where she's a bartender for some reason. And I don't know why. Uh, I don't either. But she's bartendering with her dragon at a bar and Nightcrawler shows up. And this is kind of a nice moment because Claremont... I know he had that. He wrote that 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 Nightcrawler series from a couple years ago, didn't he? Yeah. Also with uh, Todd Nalk on art mm-hmm. as well. So I, I know that didn't get high praise, but their relationship feels pretty nice here. Uh, he doesn't feel like sad Nightcrawler. He's like the the happy go lucky friends with with Kitty Nightcrawler. Um, and he's helping her out bartending. She sees ghosts from her past, and she sort of comes to terms with everything and. And she's, she realizes that she's ready to get married. Uh, and end of the story. All right. Yeah, lots of, lots of Wolverine nods. Um, of course, Kitty and Wolverine have a pretty special relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about half a page given to the Wolverine and Kitty Pride miniseries recap. And they unfortunately bring up that terrible thing where Colossus... Uh, fell in love with Secret Wars lady. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, lots of, lots of recaps, lots of, lots of nods in the past. I will say, it, it looks great. I thought. <laughs> I agree. I, no, I agree. I like his, I like that. I've always liked his, his I really, the, the best thing about it, about the Nightcrawler series that he did with Claremont was the art. Yeah. So, um, I just think it's just too much. I feel like if I need uh, a week, week recap, I could just have the wiki page. Um, <laughs> um, the only the only thing that's relevant really is her in this bar dressed as yeah. her Age of Apocalypse almost right. outfit. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I want to point out, over serving, not cool, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who just let someone walk into a bar and be like, and then hey, you're, clearly you're really drunk. drunk. I think you need another beer. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's clearly either drunk or having an emotional breakdown, talk, actually physically talking to people who aren't there. Um, right. Do you think Kat's just like, what the f- What? Okay, let's just play <laughs> along. Yeah. 
All right. Well, at least for our work for me, uh, I don't have anything disparaging to say, but this is not, it's just not for me. Um, it feels like, I don't know, a long, a long gone era of, of artwork style that just, I don't know, turn of the century, that, that just doesn't just it just doesn't jive with me, but um, that's cool. Other than that, you know, I this was this story was fine. It's just a lot of words and and for me it was just about seeing Nightcrawler and her hug it out and enjoy a little bit of time together was was enjoyable. Right. All right. Well, Dan, what happens in Boys Night Out? Yes, the boys' nightmare. Um, we have we have we have a cast of characters, which includes uh, lovely Colossus, obviously being his wedding. Can I, may I say, not to spoil the whole thing, but you'd think a wedding special actually had a wedding in it. I know. No, no. So <laughs> just bachelor parties and bachelor parties. But anyway, let's let's not talk about the elephant <laughs> in the room. Um, Apparently Nightcrawler's in this in this issue, and so it's Iceman, but you couldn't distinguish whether it was Iceman or the new Pyro, because they look identical to <laughs> uh, And Gambit. And we we open on Demon with Storm and Old Man Logan, um, and it references um, Secret Empire, and then that was months ago, and now we're in a Hotel Inferno. See, I'm not reading Doctor Strange, so I didn't understand why Wong was in control of a casino, but apparently Wong is in control of a casino. And he hires oh, demons. is that part of the damnation slash tarnation storyline? Poss- possibly. <laughs> I no, no okay. All right. I didn't read that either, so I don't know. All I know is that there's a casino with demons in it, and Wong seems to um, run it. And then Kurt thinks it's a great, great place to be. The whole team should have moved there. And everyone's smiling with that shit-eating grin that only Greg Land can provide. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They they decide to go to a tower that looks like hell on earth. Literally, looks like something that you would not want to go. It's ribbed for your own pleasure, kind of tower. It's not. <laughs> it's not not inviting. Wait, did you say ribbed um, for your own pleasure? Have you not seen it? No. This is the, phrase, <laughs> the phrase is ribbed for her pleasure, not ribbed for your own pleasure. That's why it's not right. Okay. Anyway. And inside, there's just loads of um, porn stars, and um, I fail to distinguish any human male in this sequence, because they all look alike, apart from Peter, who has blue eyes, which is the only distinguishing feature. Then the demon, who doesn't like X-Men, decides to fight them. Colossus, who no longer has um, lines on his body anymore because of that terrible storyline, fights him. And everyone's like, should we fight him? And they're like, no, Colossus can fight him. And it's just a big fight for pretty much no reason. Then Wong joins in and ends it. And then the X-Men leave. And apparently it carries on in X-Men 26. X-Men Gold 26. Yeah, which, which came out like three or four weeks ago. And, oh, referenced, so- and referenced this story and said, to figure out how they got here, see the upcoming X-Men wedding special. <laughs> That's oh my God. That is the worst. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so there's a moment, there's one panel on that final page where Nightcrawler looks like he's been burnt, the side of his face has been mm. burnt in some way. Um, all I can say is I didn't like the art. 
and I could not care less. This felt like um, just pure filler for the for the sake of page count. I don't right. know. I bought, like bought this full price. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Um, so I have been, and I, and I think you guys are mostly on the same page. We enjoyed. Thought Land was getting better when he was on Weapon X, and uh, really enjoyed his Hulk recently. Um, and this, I don't know. I don't know if he just did this really quickly. Uh, also, I like Jason Keith colors usually. I don't. I don't think the colors in here really work either. Um, the whole thing just visually drab and dull, and the writing is also drab and dull. So it's it's a skip, very skippable second act of this story. Yep, for yep. me this is the worst of the three. Um, I don't care about the story. For a second, when this this like demon showed up, I was like, "Is this the guy they spent like four issues with previously, <laughs> like the space the space Nazi or whatever?" No, no, he's the guy that's not that guy, and also not Predator X. He's okay. the other one that looks like both of them together. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even care about figuring out if that was true or not. I was just getting through <laughs> this. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel like the art was that that bad, but also, as you guys mentioned, land land has been pretty pretty nice recently, so it wasn't quite up to those standards. Right. But at least he didn't do the third story. Can you imagine if he had done the all-female story? Wow. He got, like, classic, classic land. <laughs> um, so in the third story, we have Colossus a little bothered that Kitty's going to a bachelorette party. Oh, you know, there was one thing I liked about the middle story. I think Colossus didn't want to go to a strip club because I identify with that. So... Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they they make me sad, or I think they would. I've never been, but um. Uh, anyway, they um, do. They do, Jason. They make you sad. Yeah, I just it, just thinking about them makes me sad, so I, I think, don't go. Um, I, you know, sorry to go off on a tangent, but I think <laughs> I think unless you're like really rich and you're going to a very high class strip club, they're gonna make you sad. Right. I know that's not a very feminist thing for me to say, but I just I can't I can't put the space in my mind between that and knowing that that somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's mom, and it just I don't know it doesn't work for me. But you know, and doesn't mean people are on the right or whatever. It's just not my not my bag, baby. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the point of that is Colossus starts off this story. He's kind of worried about. Kitty's night of debauchery, but she's like, oh, we're just going to karaoke, no big deal. Um, and then they go to Stripperoki, which is Storm's idea. Um, so we have uh, Storm, I guess, is that Dr. Reyes? Dr. Reyes, Dr. Reyes. I know. Um, Megan, uh, Rachel, Rogue, and Psylocke, I guess. Yep. I'm not sure it is Dr. Reyes, because she keeps acting like she doesn't know anything. So I'm not... I'm not real sure. But anyway, um, so Kitty's nervous about it. She's not real sure. Uh, She goes to the bathroom. Rogue alludes to the fact that there's no such thing as perfect timing. We get a nice plug for Miss Thompson's 
Though it just wrapped, they referred to the first issue of Rogue and Gambit, um, which I thought was really weird because it makes it then feel like even though this came out after that series was over, it would make more sense for this to happen after the series was over. It kind of makes it feel like it happens in the middle. Yeah, that's weird. It's an odd, odd thing. But, um, yeah, so anyway, then Kenny gets sucked through the floor by... Callisto, who I forgot. Best stripper party ever. Yeah. Sucked through the floor. Right? <laughs> but I forgot she had a thing with Colossus, but she did, and she plays the whole, if you hurt him, I'll hurt you kind of thing, which, no, whatever. Um, they fight a little bit, and then they go upstairs where Storm is, is rocking stripper Oki, and everyone talks about how what a good singer she is. Um, I did see lots of fun polls on Twitter about what song people thought she was singing. Um, I prefer to think Rocky Like a Hurricane, but, sure. you know, sure. whatever you want to imagine. And then someone sent champagne, and Dan was happy about this, so I'm going to let Dan tell me who that's from. It's from EF. It's from Emma Frost. I just liked it because it was like having oh, a Oh, Emma Frost, duh. I'm an idiot. Okay. It was, just, it was nice, because I was like, oh, they were together on a team once when Emma right. wasn't evil. <laughs> False. Yeah. So the story was fun. Um, it didn't do a whole lot for me, uh, which is interesting how much I love Kelly Thompson, but I just, yeah, it was fine. The art was nice. I, I liked the style of the art quite a bit. Um... It, it felt like a nice, had a nice party vibe going on, um, and a classy party, so that was fun. I don't know what you guys think. I didn't mind it. The only thing I have with the art is sometimes um, they look like soulless dolls um, <laughs> in certain True. panels, and it kind of yeah. drew me out of it. But um, I didn't mind it. <laughs> in the soup that we've got, it's not the worst one, is it? Oh um, no, no, definitely not. Oh, it's, it's definitely, definitely the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best of these three. <laughs> yeah, I have never heard of, of this, these artists before. I'm wondering if, if this I is, haven't either. Yeah, so I'm assuming this is Marvel getting you know younger artists a chance to, to jump in and do stuff like they do with specials or for you know anthology-type books. Um, right. So I, I think they're on a lot of panels, and then they're off on some panels as well. But right. I think it was an enjoyable visual style. I love seeing... Ileana in there and not being a 14 year old tiny girl with uh, with a weird like um, trailer park haircut going on yes that, yes, like in that new sh- series yeah. she actually looks like a pet yeah. she looks like the 20 something year old woman she should be so that was nice and um, yeah, I, like I just enjoyed the, the storytelling like it's just, just like hanging with Kitty and some of her friends there's nothing right. too deep going on but um, right yeah. All right. Oh, well. also, I wanted to point out if you remember from when Storm first joined the X Men, she was all about like getting naked when she was alone. So her going to <laughs> her suggesting stripper Oki just makes sense. I didn't even think about that. That is perfect. I that makes me so happy you brought that up. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well. Overall, weighing everything out, what do, we, what do we want to grade this uh, pre-wedding wedding special? Go ahead, Dan. 
I'm giving it a two. I think I think I think no. <laughs> I don't think it um, sort of justifies its own existence. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels I'm pointless not... to me. Like, why we have this? If we're not really doing that much with it. It's just weddings coming up. How can we sell a couple more issues? Let's put something together really quick. It should have had a wedding in it. Being a wedding special. <laughs> yeah. So, Georgie, are you echoing Dan's too? Yeah, I'll give it a two, but I will say this is... And we haven't read gold, at least I haven't read gold in a little bit, but this feels better than gold normally is, but not that this was, you know, great in any way. Right. All right, well, we're going to go three for three on the two out of six claws. Um, I'm kind of with, with both you guys. I'm not real sure why this is here. And then also... It kind of makes me a little bit mad in a different way because I kind of feel like whereas before maybe, maybe it wouldn't be this many pages but we would have gotten this bachelorette party like in the regular series yeah, as, as part of a downtime story or something in between the adventures and I feel like for a few years now X-Men, these type of X-Men stories that used to be part of the book and part of the character growing and just the, the rhythm of, of reading an X-Men book, it's all been relegated to like specials and annuals and it kind of bugs me that we don't get any of these kind of moments just in X-Men books anymore. And that kind of bothers me. So that's going to also contribute to me not enjoying the book as much. I hear that. And, and kind of a I don't know, in a conceptual way. Um, but yeah, wedding special, please, please, please don't go spend five bucks on it. Um, just listen to us, get the highlights, and enjoy the rest of your life. <laughs> All right, well, moving from a two out of six to something I can promise, spoilers, we're going to all grade much higher. Um... Georgie, why don't you talk about X-Men Red number four? X-Men Red number four. Writer Tom Taylor, artist Mahmoud Azrar, color artist Rain Barreto, and letterer Corey Pettit. Woohoo! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to do it to myself. Uh... <laughs> Never woohoo yourself, Georgie. Yeah. It's a good, good philosophy. Right. <laughs> so starting off... Um, we have uh, a nice cover of Wolverine, Laura, uh, jumping at us into the screen, claws drawn. It almost looks like uh, like she's splashing through some water, like a wave of water or something, and she's, she's coming at us. And I gotta say, I love this cover. Really? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad, because I like it when we get to disagree sometimes. I don't like this cover at all. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why her claws are steaming, and I also just, I don't know, it's ugly to me, and not in a good way. I don't know. But... Am I the tiebreaker? <laughs> yeah, you're the tiebreaker, Dan. How's the, how's the podcast going to officially come down? <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't tiebreak, and it's not sitting on the fence. I'm just kind of indifferent to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like I like elements of it, like the steaming claws, and I like the color. I love the color, and I love her hair. But the set, I kind of agree that some bits are a bit uglier. Like she seems older than she is. I, I don't know, but I don't. 
Well, agree to disagree. Yeah, that's right. And that will probably be the only point of contention <laughs> this couple. So, so sorry, Mr. Travis Terrest. Um, I like your art overall for the most part, but I don't know. I think it is. I think Dan hit it on the head. I don't really think about it. I think the the aging effect of the face and possibly neck or was was bugging me. I can but, see that. Yeah. But anyway, enough of that. Right. Because this comic is awesome. So tell us about it. So uh, last issue, we left off with the team arriving in Wakanda and Storm uh, basically possessed, was waiting to greet them. Um, so in this issue, she wastes no time to send a giant lightning bolt through the Sentinel and uh, send the whole team falling into the water. Um, and, you know, Kurt's like, I, I, can, I, can, I can save everybody. And Jean's like, no, let's, let's fall into the water. I got a plan. And she basically, you know, puts them all in an air bubble as they're, they're under the water. Um, and she decides that she's going to be the one to take out Storm. And she flies ahead while, uh, I guess, the Sentinel has, I don't know, repaired itself? Or is it just Trinary? <laughs> Trinary is flying it somehow, but uh, the Sentinel... Well, she's touching his head. She's got her hand on his head, so I'm assuming she's done something, yeah. Right. Um... And then we get to see, uh, you know, on the ground in Wakanda as uh, Storm arrives. And finally, we get to see uh, the Wakandan member of the team do something. He's been been sort of hinted at, but uh, he comes in. uh, Black Panther comes to to meet Storm and and he's told, like, go away because Storm's not not in her right mind. Um, And she keeps calling all the mutants abomination, so... Uh, obviously, we know this is Cassandra Nova, yeah? And right. Her, she's a mutant, though, right? Sort of. It's complicated. <laughs> Great. She's a self-loathing mutant. Right. Yeah. Um, so then we get a nice nice page of Gene uh, and Oro squaring off. Um, and the Sentinel lands... And our Wakandan friend is like, all right, I'm going to beat up this, this Sentinel. But then Trainer is like, no worries, dude. We're good. I got, I got control of the Sentinel. So then he's got, like, like, like transforming blue balls because he doesn't really get to punch anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, okay. pain, it's painful for him to, like, beat Hulk up, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's poor dude. I just feel bad for him. Um, Gene is really quite handily able to to sort of cure Storm and and bring her to the ground, um, but Slight she's not really cured and she still tries to lighten everyone. And then our friend gets to actually do something. He what he covers her, he blocks her. I'm not really certain what's happening. Is he taking the brunt of the lightning? She's, tr- she's trying to commit suicide. Yeah, gotcha. she's trying to lightning bolt herself. Which okay. We can save this, or, or we can talk about it now. Isn't she immune to lightning? Well, maybe, maybe she, if she accepts it as a death, <laughs> maybe she'll die. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of looks like Abomination is about to spank her. That's the only thing I didn't love about this awesome page. But other than that, it's great. Uh, so she's she's knocked out by um, Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever call her Wolvie? I don't feel like I can call her Wolvie. 
I haven't, but I don't think it's wrong. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Nightcrawler shows up because he's been kind of he kind of get goes in the back burner. Uh, this issue, um, everyone lands. Black Panther's like, oh, what's 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 up? Uh, they go to heal Aurora in the magical Wakandan uh, room of technology, and then Jean's like, okay, you know. Grab my hands, we three become Voltron and, and jump into her <laughs> Storm's brain to take out this nanite. Um, and then we sort of get the, the full plot of what's happening. Cassandra Nova has created these nanites that will go into mutants and control them. Um, which I just realized is similar to X-Men Blue, where another group of mutants are trying to control all mutants um, for their own purposes. But at least this one's this this one's a callback to Cassandra Nova using um, nanites and the whole Grant Morrison thing with uh, Magneto mm-hmm. um, getting his and curing Xavier. At least this one's an actual callback to what the villain does, as opposed to just it's happening. Um, oh no! Which I no, like. I wasn't saying it in a bad like way. It just feels like oh, I just realized this. This seems similar to Blue sometimes. I, I also like that they're called Sentinites. Yeah, it's a great yeah. name. It's a oh, great cool. name. I was like, hee hee. Clever. It's yeah, all... and the whole, the whole realization that, like, oh, the Sentinels are us. Like, that's... I thought that was pretty cool. T'Challa is like, I'll, I'll, I'll save y'all. You stay here. And Aurora's like, no, you can't protect us. We gotta go somewhere else. And then, uh, for the second time in this podcast, we get to see Namor in all of his... Yeah! Speedo glory. <laughs> And the interactions here between Gabby and Namor are, like, super great. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> She's I, like... I, I love, Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I, I love Laura's... Um, when she saw a mermaid, and it was amazing. Right. And, um, which, like, being me, Maureen, doesn't make me impervious. to like the wonder of a fucking mermaid. I thought that was kind of like, yes. Bless her. <laughs> That was pretty awesome. And Gabby calls Namor Abzuantis. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I love that, you know, Tear, even though all new Wolverine has is, is come to a close, that Taylor's still letting Laura and Gabby shine. So he's got to get Jonathan in here and we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, the team finally gets the costumes that we, we saw in, in the previous covers. Um, which I think work really well. Um, what do you guys think of the well, costumes? That, I like them better with the explanation. Maybe that's silly, but the fact that they're serving as kind of like a firewall and, and to protect to protect them against the nanites. You know, I don't really know why the design needs to look that way to do it, but at least they said it has a reason. So I'll take them at face value, and that's it. It makes it a little bit better to me. I don't know. Cool. I also love. The fact that Nightcrawler's beard grows more as he grows <laughs> through time. <laughs> um, I love the new costumes. I think they give them a really uniformed, like, feel. And um, I like the stupid sci-fi reasons for existing. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I just, I just, I just thought it was great. Yeah. Idea. I think they look wonderful. I like that Namor uh, costume fits in, and it also feels very, like, Atlantean. Uh, oh, he looks great. Yeah. This costume is awesome. Storm, finally, she's allowed to wear real clothes again. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, is she going to be part of this team? 
It's I, hoping. You're like, I hope you're so. Like, yeah. I really hope so. The more people they steal from gold, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then yeah. uh, we get to see that what Cassandra Nova's really up to. She's going to all the different continents, convincing all of the uh, national leaders that uh, mutants are, you know, the devil, and she's going to be in control. Uh, she implants uh, set knights into everybody, and, and her plan is, is on the move. And uh, next issue, uh, Namor in, in, in the water. Were you, was anyone surprised about um, the sort of use, use of Forge? Like, Forge just appearing out of nowhere, just to be a mindless puppet for her. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta ask this. How... And there's two people that wear these Indiana Jones pants. Mm-hmm. There's there's people that ride horses. Mm-hmm. And there's Nazis. Right. <laughs> so how is Cassandra Nova, just on pants alone, even getting an audience with any of these leaders? <laughs> <laughs> and the only leader I can think of that would want to meet with her would be Trump. And I just, I don't, I don't know. Telepathy. She's got telepathy. She has okay. Cool. They so can't see her. She doesn't wear them. Right, right. And in, in their mind, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. No, no a, horsey pants. I have another closed question. When Forge buys a pair of pants, does he have to cut off the leg of each one and then tailor it so it like fits just below his buttocks? Or yep. why, why can't he wear like a regular pair of pants? Because then we wouldn't know it was Forge. It would just be right? like that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... There's two other guys that still have ponytails out there right now. So. <laughs> I just imagined him being like, all right, plans for the weekend. I'm going to go to JCPenney's. <laughs> I'm going to buy like eight pairs of pants. I'm going to come home and then tailor them. And that's my, that's my Saturday. Well, you know he's already invented a sewing machine that does it for him. I just right? love him planning it out. Yeah. He's, got, he's got like Netflix on in the background. He's watching... <laughs> He's watching, like, The Crown or something as he's going through and tailoring his pants. Yes. Anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so what did you guys think overall of the issue? I love this book so much. You know, sometimes, sometimes some of the other X books, you know, I, I've, over the last couple of years, had this kind of internal struggle. that, like, And I think I've mentioned on here before, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating this so. But you know, I kind of had this struggle. Have I just moved away from X books, or is just no one writing them right? And X Men Red is proof that I still love X books, <laughs> and that it just needs to be the good people doing them. You know, Iceman, uh, Rogan Gambit, also proof of that. Um, you know, but. It kind of takes away those X Men blues. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> of wondering, am I? Has my taste just moved away from being an X fan? And an X Men Red gives me a resounding no. I still love the X Men, and I love this book. Yeah, I mean, as much as Exiles uh, uh, and, and more, more so Excalibur is an X book. Going back and reading those with Claremont. Like I can still jump right in, in into right. that book. It, it feels like an X book, where this, where this does as well. Uh, whereas you know, gold or sometimes blue or, you know, you name it. Uh, recent years has been pretty lackluster. <coughs> Extraordinary. Um. Yes, astonishing. <laughs> yeah, you name it. Yeah. 
Ouch. Um, Ouch. No, I, I, I kind of had the same sort of idea that maybe I'm just not... The Xbox are just not my thing anymore, but it's all right. Red exists, so I'm clearly okay. It's just people are really crap at writing Xbox at the moment, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> that's just... That's just how it is. But we're trying to get that fixed. We have uh, Rosenberg coming on, um, astonishing, and I, I don't think that Thompson's done announcing all her books for the next couple of years, so I'm still hopeful that she'll land somewhere in the X corner of the universe. Um, but yeah, and ta- I mean, Taylor, I think we were, we were talking earlier on Twitter. I mean, to, he's just right now. You know, I, I gave up a long time ago on trying to do all-time creator list and just kind of live in the moment. And in this moment right now, so not, not saying how it compares to everybody I've ever loved, but in this moment right now, Taylor just can't be beat. He's, he's my favorite writer of the moment. And I just I feel like nothing he's done in the last few years is, is not only is it bad, like it's all great and... I just I, I like Taylor a lot, and I'm enjoying this book. And Azvar's art is, you know, the only bad thing I can say about his art is not his fault. You know, I kind of didn't love the storm costume in the beginning, but he took what he was given, and then he changed it at the end. So, kudos to him. <laughs> um, but I, no, I I think this this book is is just about perfect. So, yeah, I artwork is easy to say. This is this is just gorgeous stuff. Uh, great team dynamics. It's fun. It's funny. The action is is engaging. Um, you know, I'm not a big uh, Cassandra Nova fan. I always want to say Casanova, uh, <laughs> but um, other than that, I just love this book. Yep. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet, take the plunge. Uh, just like number three before, I'm gonna I'm gonna give X Men Red number four six out of six claws. Dan, Dan, what about you? I think I'm there with you. I think it deserves it deserves six purely because it manages to balance so many sort of elements that feel so X Men, and it does it so well. Like even with like its political um, sort of, it's not really hiding what it's trying to say about what's happening in our world right now um no no it's not it's quite it's quite on the nose but it works within the structure of the story and i i quite like the fact that um because to many people cassandra nerva isn't a good villain in fact a lot of people hate her which is kind of ironic and i think it's kind of fun that she's the one that's causing all the hate um so (laughs) i just think it's kind of like i feel i don't know if that's a conscious decision on taylor to be like oh let's pick up this ex character but it, it's a testament to the writing that she does seem like a threat. Her idea does seem, her plan does seem like a threat to everything. And but it's so small, and I I, I don't know. It's it, it feels so personal as well because she's after Jean. It feels so I, yeah, personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I quite like because usually now we have like dark celestials dropping from the sky and <laughs> whatever, and no one says boo to a goose i miss the days i miss like i miss even as recent as gillen doing sinister um i miss like personal villains like people who are like yeah i'm gonna kill all the mutants but i kind of fucking hate you more than anyone else <laughs> um, 
I, I kind of miss that, and I think it gives it a little bit more um, push, but definitely six out of six bars, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like this is the issue where it really comes together. We've got the full team is finally here. The artwork is just running on full cylinders. Uh, I have no, no quibbles with this. This is a, a six for me as well. Just uh, just keep it up. You guys, you guys, you know, creative team, you set up a high standard here. You better better, better stick to it. Otherwise, I'm going to be That's disappointed. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, we talked about, we, the three of us, have talked about on, on the show previously that, you know, Dennis Hopeless went a long way to making us appreciate young Gene. I'm also appreciating older resurrected Gene in this book, thanks to Taylor. And you know, I'm not ready to crown her my favorite character or anything, but I mean, <laughs> but she's she's interesting in this book. More interesting than she's been in a long ever? time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, possibly ever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't so. remember. I can't remember Gene really. There's three genes if you include, or four if you include this one and the young one. The the only other two I remember is. Obviously, the night in cartoon Jean, but that's because her name was mentioned so often. Right. And um, Grant Morrison's Jean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that moment where she's getting turned into the Phoenix, and it just sounds like it's a bad porno uh, overlaid <laughs> on top of the animation, where she's making those sounds. Oof, horrible times. Yes. And Grant Morrison's Jean is the only one I really remember because it's the only one that had personality um, outside of. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot of Gene fans are going to be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, I will concede. I will uh, reluctantly concede them a maybe. <laughs> that's, that's all they're getting out of me. <sighs> all right. Well, there's still other X books to talk about. I, I mean, if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> the sudden set on the good days. Well, this right. still, I think we'll still have something nice at the end after we get through these group Yes, things. yes, we will, yeah. All right, so Dan, why don't you take us into Astonishing X-Men number 11. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there's nothing astonishing here, but dumb tish. Um, <laughs> so the creative team is Charles, he needs to give up Sewell. Um, give up? He's currently writing. Um, and then we've got Ron Garney on art, which... Is this his new style? Because I haven't been reading um, Daredevil. It does not look like Ron Garney to me. It, it looks very similar to his was what he's been doing in Daredevil. It's yep. brighter um, because the story I think asked for that. But no, it's 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 pretty similar. And I and I will say I I don't want Charles Soule to give up writing in general and just maybe give up on the X Men, but. But the sole Garney Daredevil run is pretty great. So is, if you like Daredevil at all, it's it's good. Is he doing one of the well, Hunt books? Is, I'm sorry, what? Is he doing one of the Hunt books? Yes, he is. He's uh, doing Weapon Lost. And that was, was a good. pretty solid first chapter. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the anti-inhuman in me was like, he still has to say bad things about mutants, though, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but anyway... I, like I, I derailed your credits, so sorry. Yeah, uh, back, um, back to Matt Miller as um, on colours and um, VCs Clayton Cowles as the letter, uh, and it's Greg Land and um, Frank Diamada. He's no longer a colonel. 
lost yeah, his... well, this book came out before that other one, so maybe he got promoted in between. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe he uh. was demoted after this issue came out. <laughs> um, so our, fi- our front cover by Greg Land is the stuff of um, Japanese porn wet dreams, I imagine. Um, with poor Psylocke being wrapped in tentacles and that's, what's his name? X. X. Yes. X, X just looking at him at her with no eyes. Do you, think, do you think he was pitching the story and he just had like X as like a placeholder and he's he's like reading it out to like his editors and and then there's X and I'm like, Oh yeah, X. Yeah, we'll just we'll just name him X. That's really good. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, we'll just run with it. <laughs> Maybe. Well I actually um, kinda like this cover. I, don't, I, I they forgot to colour some of her hair in. But um I don't I don't I don't. It's just the whole book. I feel, I feel like the cover, the cover is essentially a woman wrapped in tentacles and a man True. sort of falling, and it feels like that is a visual representation of how I feel, imprisoned by tentacles while reading Astonishing X-Men. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, but anyway. I, 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 I kind of enjoy the cover more than Dan, I would say. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I like it, but... Um... I feel like it's not. It is very tentacly, but it's not like I don't think it's too sexual. I guess you get a little bit of a, a bum shot on Psylocke, but I mean, for, <laughs> for Greg Land, this could be way worse. Oh yeah, oh, it, could have, it could have been way worse. It could have been two women on the front cover. True. I, I would imagine would if been. it was old Greg Land, one of the like tentacles would be like going up like between her her breasts. And she'd be biting. Yeah, biting a lip. Yeah, they always do. Yes, we um, are apparently still in Scotland, where Proteus has sort of started ejaculating all over the world. Wow, um, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know how to describe it. Taking, yeah. taking, he is, taking he's spreading his seed. Yeah, yeah ripping straight <laughs> out of Hickman's <laughs> Avengers run. Um, oh, yeah! Shooting into different places and creating different Proteus worlds. We have X being like, oh, I'm going to give it to you. Boom. And um, I really I really like the bottom of this, this panel. Where did you just open. reference DMX? Yes, I did. And no, wow. someone will get it somewhere. I don't know. Wow. So. <laughs> um, I really like this bottom panel um, of them all breaking free. Yes, it's pretty uh, nice. I was confused that one was kind of looking like Electra, but it's actually Mystique. But anyway. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she turned her hands into swords. That's how you know, yeah. I guess. I, f- I forget. And so we've got this huge, massive battle where Proteus is getting attacked by all of the members of the X-Men. And then um, X and Psylocke decide to use telepathy and decide to do a bit of yoga whilst waiting for everyone else to keep fighting. Um, everything they're doing seems to sort of be working, but not fully working and part angel loses his wings for the what was that the fifth time this guy's lost wings I don't know um and then and then we see Tokyo apparently or oh, what's left of it uh, they took they just and, took like uh, random like symbols and like threw them all over these buildings it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and then the um the Psylocke and X can't control him 
And then Mystique tries to be Mario McTaggart. Oh, not Mario McTaggart. Is that one? No, his mum. Yeah, his mum's Mario. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're right and on then, both uh, accounts. Yes, and um, she tend, she's all like, oh, it's a ploy. I tend to steal because I can't remember that Mystique can do all of these things anymore. Um, <laughs> and um, Purgis is like, no, and Mystique's like, oh, my arms. and Because her arms are cut off, obviously. And, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, she's, she's not happy. And Proteus blasts through. Someone read this book. always gets through. And then, um, because the next issue is the um, finale, I'm just going to skip over the fact that Vogue utterly fails. Um, <laughs> Vogue and Bishop and Gabbit utterly fail in doing anything, really, apart from exploding. And um, Psylocke realises that X isn't who he says he is, and his head cracks open, <coughs> and... He is the man-boobed <laughs> the Shadow King. Yeah. And now we're gonna end this this saga. Epic story is mm. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, issue. So, um, a lot of things happened. Do they? Really I feel like two things happened. <laughs> they beat Proteus and X t- X molts into Shadow King. And that's really the only. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Well, that. Um, it feels like you know, like a magician, a lot of misdirection, and then like it's over, and you've got you just go home. That's kind of what it feels. Feels like the last six issues have just been Proteus does something, no one does anything else. Oh, wait, and then I feel like this is like, oh, wait a second. I know it'll be really good. Let's bring the Shadow King back. Because everyone thought Xavier's back, but no. Let's just fling the Shadow King back instead. Because that'd be great. And all I keep thinking is, so, when is issue 13 going to come? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky number 13. So, you guys help me out a little bit. I don't, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this, but... So, so the logic besides, besides the writer having the misdirection, but the actual story logic of X, was that just to try to trick Psylocke into accessing the other telepaths again? Like, why is it, why is the ruse of X even there? Uh, it's like, why was Xavier ever in it <laughs> from the first yeah. place? Well, if, if you think about it, like, um. Uh, the Shadow King was like on the brink of like winning when when X like appeared, right? So right. why would he like give up to like when you're like ninety when you're downloading something and you're at like ninety eight percent, you don't just hit cancel and like start all over again. He was he was at the ninety eight percent. He's like, nah, I'm just gonna like redownload because it's it's fun to just hide about it. I don't I don't know what <laughs> what's the plan? Why did you do this? Do you think this might be editorial? Like someone's turned around and going, this is not a good idea. We should really write this back. <laughs> Rick on it now. <laughs> Before you're done. Yeah, Maybe. I, feel like this, I feel like this doesn't doesn't gel with the story, because it doesn't make, like you said, it doesn't make story like, there's no logic here. What what was his play? What was what, just unleash Proteus for, maybe the whole point was to unleash Proteus to get rid of him. Or something. Uh, Maybe? Might stop him? I don't know. I don't know. And then what's going to happen to What's going to happen to Phantom X cuz he's sort of been you know summarily executed here and, and everyone's kind of forgotten about him. 
Maybe that well, was he, the intention. <laughs> he's, he's exiled to to garden in the astral plane. Well, I, I'm guessing when Shadow King fails at converting the real world to the astral plane, that that Phantom X will either come back or somehow he'll sacrifice himself to save everybody from the other side, or I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone is sh- the Shadow King, and we just find out it's just Psylocke, it's just normal. <laughs> and it's all a dream. <laughs> I would be fine if this is all a dream. Just, like, forget all of it. Like that first issue where she has a bit of a... When she gets attacked. In that very first issue, it's just all a dream from that moment. There you go. There you go. Fine. Yeah. Well, so, so Dan, you were surprised at this being Garni. No, was it a good surprise or a bad surprise? Yeah, what do you think? Well, I actually quite... I think the colours... Um, a little off here and there um, but then I suppose we're dealing with a lot of green right. uh, puke colour green sometimes <laughs> but a lot of green and I actually quite enjoyed it because I'm not, I never like Garney I just remember last time I read any of his stuff was ages ago and I think it was an X-Book and I was like ah this is this happening um, so it's the style is completely changed. Like he looks like a totally different artist to me. So I was quite like, oh, okay. But I quite like some of the um, art here. Yeah. 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 The art is definitely the best part about this book, as, as it's oh, been for, sure. for for the last like <laughs> eight issues. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just. All right then. I, I I just don't I just don't I just don't get it. But. It's okay. I have X Men Red. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, so Astonishing Eleven. I wanted to give this three claws for the art. I don't think I can though. Um, I'm so I'm bored, and then I'm confused, but then I'm not engaged enough to sort out the confusion. So at the end of the day, I just don't care. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm on that fence between two and three, and it's all because of the art. So maybe one you you guys can swing me one way or the other. Um, story wise, I don't I don't get the, the point of any of it. I don't know why we're reading this. Uh, not not as in why are we talking about Xbox, but like why is this a story? I don't know why. Um, but the artwork like was enjoyable. This book. I feel like I should give it three. If we're going like if art and story are equally worth three points, then I want to give like <laughs> three points to the art and zero points to story. There uh, you go. In the end, I'm just going to say good work, art team, Charles Soul, maybe maybe try some other characters. Yeah, and and to be fair, his other character he can do other characters good. Yeah. Like I said, I really love his Daredevil book. I actually have also been really enjoying his Darth Vader book. With Cam and Coley. Um, See, I really liked his She-Hulk. Like, I loved it when he was writing She-Hulk yeah. colors ages ago. It seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great, yeah. Maybe he's not very good with people who have genetic mutations. Because his inhuman stuff was garbage, too. Well, you know, I was Maybe thinking... Like, you know, Dan, Dan and I were talking about uh, Avengers... And and uh, the new book that's out, and we, we're not particularly fond of it, even though we've really enjoyed Aaron 
doing um, you know solo stuff. So I'm wondering if maybe Charles Soule just has a, a difficulty writing team books, but he can really focus on on one character. Maybe that's the way to go. Well, that's that's definitely a Lemureism because there's some <laughs> there's some stuff that Lemire does that's just like one or two characters that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I've never enjoyed anything he's done with like more than four major characters. <laughs> <laughs> so including his awful, awful X book. Um, But then I still, like, I know you guys are are kind of lukewarm too, but I still really enjoy, like, Descender and some of the DC stuff he did that was more, like, single-character-centric, I thought was not bad. Um, So, and even his Old Man Logan book was average. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not selling my own point. But um, but no. I, I think there are some writers who just teams are are a different beast, and they can be hard to do. And, sure. Um, it's not for everybody. And, I feel like he's got an idea. Like it's kind of like Guggenheim with Kitty, where he just wants to write Kitty, but he has to write the rest as well. Right. I feel like he. I feel like he. He has an idea. Like he wants to tell this one story. But yeah, you know has eight cast. Yeah. So, you know, based on what he's done in Daredevil, I could see Soul like getting a really cool artist and doing just like a, a, a ten to twelve issue like Psylocke story. Like, I bet he could do something cool with that. Sure. But and maybe that's what he wanted to do here. I, you know, the other thing that really hurts this story too is there is absolutely zero reason for this to have been twelve issues. Um, and just it feels so drawn out and and the the things he could have done about the Proteus like why won't you guys just give me a chance and there could be a story there where he just kind of hints at it and mentions it and then abandons it and then I don't know I don't know as yeah I guess I guess George if we go by your formula I'll land on three all for the art um but I'm ready for the the change in this book. Yeah, I, th- I think we've given this book way too much of our time. We should probably move on. Right. Well, I don't want to shortchange Dan. What's your grade? Um, NA. No. Um, three. <laughs> I give. I, okay. I, I agree with you because it's unfair to like punish Garney when he's doing really good work. So. All right. All right. Well, X Men Blue twenty six and twenty seven. Um. Cry Havocs Part 4 and 5. So, 26. Written by Colin Bunn. Pencils by R.B. Silva. Inks by Adriano De Benedetto. Colors by Rain Moreto. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover by Mike Choi and Federico Bui, which is an homage to Days of Future Past. We have a Sentinel grabbing Bloodstorm and blasting Dokken. This is kind of a cool cover. Um... This is fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, can, we continue our Mother Vine story. Then we also, because we're behind, are trying to catch our, our 05 X-Men back up to the Venomized storyline. So they're still out in space with Venom uh, because, you know, he doesn't want them to be involved in this story. <laughs> um, so basically, Mother Vine has launched its imperative and is giving regular people mutations and mutant secondary mutations. Um, 
And then we find out it's also allowing our mother vine cabal to mind control them. Our new X-Men blue team led by Polaris jumps into the battle. Um, nice art. Um, so we have like two Wolverine characters. We have one of the many Dawkins currently <laughs> running around the Marvel <laughs> Universe. And we have Jimmy Hudson um, who gets a straight on just hard up Wolverine guilt complex because he feels like it's his fault because they use genetic code from the ultimate mutants to create Mother Vine. Um, Polaris helps take down some Sentinels along with um, Dawkins and Jimmy Hudson. Uh, some other mutants show up and like Wild Side, who I forgot about. Um, Toad and Blob with some secondary... I feel like this is like turds, like turd <laughs> this is like toad's like third or fourth mutation right because uh, now he's got the acid tongue someone <laughs> uh, even with uh, Terminator Havoc you know being a little behind the times of the cyborg plate why why is Bash just still allowed to have a soul patch but um these are questions really not concerned in this book. Um, as our cabal rolls around, and then the new Ultimate Marauders fight Magneto and Scrubs, and then the mutants he was trying to save turn on him because they're mind-controlled. All right. Well. Okay, how how different are you guys on the art between these two books? I'm trying to decide if I want to roll these two together or not. Huh. Uh, I need to look at 27 again, but, uh, okay. yeah. Dan, what about you? Um, well, I'm just going to keep going, and then you can distinguish the art if you want. How about that? Okay. <laughs> that sound okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right, so number 27, written by Colin Bunn. This time, art is by Marcus Toe. Um, colors by Rain Barreto again. Letters. VCs Joe Carmania. This time, Silva does. He goes from the inside to the outside, so he does the cover with Rain Barreto. And on the cover, we have Polaris and X Men Blue uh, not really squaring off against our Mother Vine Cabal. It's a fine cover. Um, so, in this issue, Magneto and Polaris have a not daddy and daughter date. Polaris is very adamant. That's not what's going on. Um, as he's attacked by Wildside. Um, then somehow we, yeah, so we come, I didn't realize it was in San Francisco. But our X-Men blue team, new team, continue to fight. We get another, like, hey, remember the original guys in Space of Venom? Okay, cool. And then, um, <laughs> Magneto proves that he's still the master of magnetism, not to be confused with this other magnetic ultimate chick. And, uh, I do that um, very Magneto line where it's like, you're woefully mistaken. I'm yes. Like, yes. Prime yeah. time Magneto. <laughs> um, and so he does things, and he jumps into a time platform, and but the Marauders can't follow him. Um our X-Men blue team decides they got to go after 
the mother vine cabal. Emma Frost is having her doubts about this mind control thing, but they're like, you control minds all the time. Um, I just can't. Well, I'll say that. So, um, then she, she kind of has a standoff with Miss Sinister um, as they decide who's going to pop Bustier's first. Um, <laughs> then the X-Men Blue team shows up at the Motherfine base. Havoc shows his true colors. Miss Sinister has a new power where she can shoot diamond lasers in people, maybe? I don't diamond know. lasers! Yeah, diamond lasers! An 80s cover band. Um... And then Polaris appeals to the inner Havoc, but he's like, nope, throw her in the dungeon. I'm evil, Havoc. And you got, like, three more issues to sort me out until I'm good again in Astonishing X-Men number 13. Um, and then we have this random countdown to extermination page, which uh, that story might be fine, but these little pages are doing nothing for me. Um... My Ed Brisson, Oscar Balzadua, Eric Arseniega, VCs Joe Caramagna, you know, whatever. So, the art in both of these books are fine. Um, and I feel like, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, and you can, like I said, if you want to discriminate between the art, go for it. But um, I feel like all the ingredients are okay like this should be like mother fine we have our our x-men bad guy cabal that are launching their plan um causing mutations like this should add up to a good story i just am kind of bored um i can't get into bad guy havoc at all like it's just not interesting to me um i don't know what do you guys think I feel like, um, like artistically, uh, they're both fine. I'm a really big fan of uh, Marcus Toe, um, but I, I can't. I don't know. Just I feel like his intimate scenes are much better. His character scenes are much better than his fight scenes. Um, in that in this issue, um, I have the same problem. Every time I think of Havoc being evil, my head starts to sort of hurt because I'm like, everyone else isn't inverted anymore even Sabretooth is basically turning into an evil <laughs> I'm like why is it still so like it feels just so story dictated and then at the same time we're getting this um, sort of Emma Frost who no longer wears a bucket for her head and <laughs> right all of yeah, that she... weird stuff that she had at the end of Death of X and was right. it Death of X or in Humans yeah. versus no it was Death of X where she was like she ended up like a cackling, insane person. Mm-hmm. Now she's just back to regular Emma Frost. Yeah, because I like, in Secret Empire, she ruled the mutants. Right. Like, with an iron... And I'm like, now she just feels like normal Emma, but do I want normal Emma in this horrible, sort of weird... And who cares about Lady Sinister? I, I mean, like, she was a bad idea to begin with. Why is she still here? Like, I... I it's just... I'm with you. I just don't. Like, there's moments that I really like. I like Bloodstorm hypnotizing someone. Yeah. It's interesting. I like the team that the Blue have created, but this is a mission that doesn't even showcase them. 
Um, why are we flashing to Venom in space? Like, I generally can't remember <laughs> why that is even happening. Well, because they're, they're going to land on Earth and save the Venomized story. That's already ended. But I think Bunge just reminding us that those characters still exist, but he doesn't want them to be part of the story. So he's just saying... I think, I think maybe it's also his way of saying, well, see, but this was before Havoc turned good. So I'm behind. I'm just behind on my story. Um, so current events don't apply yet. Oh, he's turned good now again? No? Oh, he, is it, he's going to be right because he's on the team for astonishing X-Men number oh. 13. This is only going to end one way, and it's going to be Lana kissing him and Emma Frost, <laughs> or Emma Frost doing like uh, some mind trickery. That's all it's going to end with. That's literally... <laughs> I don't see it ending. Dan, Dan called it. Let's let's see if that happens. I, I yeah, have strong sweeping beauty kiss. Yeah. that's what I want. That's what um, I want. I just, oh, you guys remember just, Superman? Uh, either the end of Superman two, the end of Superman uh, three, <laughs> where he kisses Lois Lane and like robs her memory. Right. The, amnesia, <laughs> the, the super amnesia kiss. Yeah, there you go. That's what's gonna happen. This will be the anti-axis kiss. That's, that's Polaris's like, oh, mother by mutation. That's how this Boom. all works. That's their secondary mutation. The the no, inversion kiss. No priorities. Right, so, because, like, my head's like, right, so Emma's either going to switch it off, she's going to kiss him, or, tentatively, Magneto's going to go back in the past, bring Havoc back when he was good into the future, and get him met. Oh, and, and, no, no, no. And, you know, Dan, <laughs> this makes more sense, but it's actually a worse story than the inversion <laughs> kiss. Because <laughs> then, because it's a... Because I just, I just don't. So then we There's kill Bad Havoc. Havoc. Is that what yeah, we're gonna do? Gonna cyborg Havoc dies. Doesn't Havoc, doesn't Havoc have a child with Wasp or had a child with Wasp? Isn't that has that been like completely swept under the? Well, the child died, didn't it? Wasn't that? I think why, yeah, he did. Yeah. Why he so turned evil because he lost it? Yeah, because when they went back, but isn't it doesn't Wasp shouldn't Wasp turn up because wasn't Wasp is like. Big old love fest before all this happened. That was in the future. Oh my god! Don't don't try to don't try to connect the dots. If if the if Marvel's not going to try to connect them, we don't need to do their work for them. <laughs> the problem is, is I feel sad because the elements are there for a story that could actually work, and it right. just feels like again. I feel like because Bun's time on this book feels like it's about to end. I feel like it's just. Kind of like what happens in Astonishing, where it's just we're padding out the time until my contract on this title is up, and I will end the story by retconning everything that has happened. <laughs> um, and it just—I don't know—it just—it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. All right then. Let's 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 move on. I can't handle this anymore. Okay. What do you want? What do you guys want to grade? Twenty-six and twenty-seven of X-Men Blue. Um, two for the first one, three for the second one, because I like the dialogue Magneto had. Okay. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I was just so bored. Even though the artwork in, in both of these was, the, the point's really nice, it's just like, I don't, you just threw everything into a blender and like hit, hit, hit high speed and that's all we got. So I, like, I don't care. Grade it, whatever you want, but it's not good. Okay. I'll do three for both because I like the art enough, and I mean, like like Dan alluded to, there's interesting ideas. There's just no, the plot doesn't move with any kind of momentum and just kind of slugs through. 
Um, but as George has said, let's just move on. Um, I also want to briefly mention Domino Two and Rogue and Gambit Number Five. Um, so we all, we're all very pleasantly surprised about Domino One. Did that continue for you guys in Domino Two? Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had quite a bit of fun. Me too. My only hang-up was that her her Spider-Man was going to blow, but otherwise, another enjoyable book. Yeah. Uh, and Valdeon is doing some great artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of... I, I hope I hope people find this comparison favorable. But there's... It's like a cleaner... Before he went completely off the rails, Umberto Ramos. <laughs> right, there's... Like that, that scene is and not all the time, but like that scene where Domino gets grabbed by Spider Man, where her legs and arm kinda of look Ramosy. Um but Baldeon, I don't know. He has got he's got some cool stylized stuff going on in this book. Yeah, I love the artwork a lot. Yeah. And we get Amadeus back, um, just being regular awesome Hulk. Um they smash up a riverboat, they they own a riverboat now um <laughs> yeah yeah i just I, I really enjoyed it and the so so this character alludes to having the villain of the of the piece is is talking about how over his life domino's good luck has has ruined his life and so when he gives her bad luck it makes him better but this is a new character though right I think so. I as far as I know. Okay, so we're just we're just we're kind of rewriting a history between them. So it'll be interesting to see whether that's all circumstantial, like he just somehow found out by the Domino's luck was messing him up, or do they have like a history somewhere. I'm curious to see, like, or if he like de-ages into someone she recognizes. I don't. Mm. It'll be interesting what what happens there. But I thought that's it's an interesting concept if. It's like a, a, not a pendulum, but like a scale where every new piece of good luck, uh, almost like a, a karmic scale, means that he experiences something bad, and it's only because of of him being there that that her good luck even exists. So it's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can come up with a cool resolution. But as long as we keep getting these Baldion action sequences, I mean, that's. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> and and not to, to spoil the movie, but uh, Domino and Deadpool is also very enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Hoping to see that pretty soon. So. All right. Well, any other thoughts on Domino number two? Nope. Okay. Well, if I were to grade it, I would... I'm somewhere between a very, very high four and a low five. I'll probably go five. What about you guys? I had a lot of fun with it. I'd probably go five as well. Yeah, same here. Five, five, five. Cool, cool. And the end of Rogan Gambit. Rogan Gambit number five. Um, they figure out that this person... Oh, I forget the name already. I'm sorry. Um, Lash? Is that her name? Uh, Sash? Yeah, unimportant. Unimportant. Right. Anyway, she basically is a golem of some sort, and they figure out that, that she's just 
trying to save herself, but they get everyone back to normal. I kind of like the whole of this series. It's, it's about the art, and it's about Thompson's relationship with Rogue and Gambit. Everything else takes a backseat. But man, what an enjoyable part of the story those two pieces are. Um, I don't know, what do you guys what do you guys think of this last chapter? Um, I, I kind of agree that it's just their, their relationship is just the be-all and end-all. And I think it ends in a really nice way. It does. I think it really yeah. puts someone in a nice place. The rogue's like, you know what? I've been waiting for like things to suss out between us, and they're never going to. So let's just be us. Um, even ends with like a, a sunset stroll on the beach. And so, and the art, man, the art is so cool. That uh, a page where Rogue kind of breaks everybody uh, is a great page. Then. When she kind of has the multiple powers, that looks really cool. Um, and then, of course, the kiss with all the the infinite kisses around them. I just I don't know. It's just it's a very emotional book where the the plot is secondary. Doesn't there's nothing wrong with the plot. It just that's not why you're reading is for for Thompson's character dynamics and uh, Hooray Perez's art. And so. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like this is a great cap to the story. Um, amazing artwork the whole way through. Just great character work back and forth. And it ends in a, in a great spot. And for me, um, this this book gets a, a six. Not because the sixth book, like the, this book was so great, but as like a, a final piece to the story, it's, it's just well-placed. Um, right. And it's just, you know, when uh, Lord of the Rings, the third movie, got the Oscar just because of, like, an accomplishment for all three? I feel like this right. is, is very similar. <laughs> this isn't the best issue, but in the way that it, it you know, ties it ties everything together is just great. So it, it gets a six. Okay. Cool. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you with the high score of six. It's been, the whole the whole series has just been wonderful. Very cool. I'm going to go five, but we'll echo your sentiments that the series overall um, is just of a very, very high quality. Um, and we'll follow Thompson pretty much wherever she goes. Yes, so. yes, yes. Another, she's, she announced West Coast Avengers. She's got a couple more books she's yet to announce. I'm really hoping we're going to get X book. Come yeah, on, I Thompson. Hope so. You know, you know, you want to, you know, you want to. <laughs> That West Coast Avengers book looks pretty great. Um, I mean, it, you know, I'm going to throw the gauntlet down. The challenge is down. Can she make me like Gwenpool? Did you read any of the series? The Gwenpool series? No. No, I didn't. I think Dan was saying that, that you heard some good things. Oh, yeah, really? Um, yeah, okay. apparently it's really... Because I'm... Not, by, pro- by proxy of Deadpool, I was like, I'm not really bothered. Right. Um, and then people are like, no, no, people I actually like and trust their opinions as opposed to the internet okay. um, were actually well, like, yeah, no, go read it. It's actually really good. It's, it takes a little time, but it gets right. really, it, it goes, it does a really good job of being what it is. And okay. so I'm like, oh, okay then, I'll, I'll try it out. Well, I did not care for her in Champions, but yeah, maybe if it comes on Marvel Unlimited, I'll, uh, I'll give Gwenpool a chance, I guess, based on, on Dan's recommendation. So. All right. 
Cool. Well, that's our Xbooks for the last few weeks. Um, again, red at top of the pile, and then everyone else kind of sorting out in different places. But, you know, the trend as of late, you know, with with red and then kind of the solo or, or limited character books being the highlights, which is interesting. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I feel like I've said this the last couple of times we recorded, but we really turned a corner a few months ago, and I'm I'm quite happy to be a uh, an X fan at the moment. Whereas whereas six months ago I was like, oh, these books, <laughs> oh god, right, very cool. All right, well before we get out of here, watch you guys do some more. Um, official plugging for Excaliburs and um anything else you want to want to plug okay dicky as well you can um talk to us at Excaliburs um on twitter and you can find us on podbean you just type in Excaliburs because i've done it and i found it easy enough so. <laughs> there you go if so i can we, do uh, it anyone else we just we just published uh, episode number three uh today um so it should be out on your iTunes and Spotify's and all your wonderful pod listening applications uh, shortly. Very cool. Very cool. And as usual for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, Twitter is at snickcast. You can like the Facebook page if you so choose. Um, yeah, and as always, 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 thank you guys, uh, Georgie and Dan, so much for, for coming on and talking some X with me. Um, I just really, really always enjoy it. And, you know, even when we disagree on the cover for Red, we're still <laughs> still, <laughs> still mostly uh, together and having fun. And so just really, really appreciate you guys coming on. It's it's always a blast. I'm, I'm glad every time I get to speak about comics. Yep, it's Very a pleasure. Nice. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. And we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>